is the Fat and Lazy Fantasy Show. And welcome into week 11 of the Fat and Lazy Fantasy Show. My name is JJ Ocho Uno, but only for another month. Aha! And I'm Tiny Tyler. <laughs> right, right. That's that's forever your name. The Ocho Uno thing, not a long-lasting thing for me. Uh, Stat Boy Daniel uh, had to uh, have some last-minute stuff come up. But I promise, finally, for Week 12, we will have all three of us on the show. I know I've been saying that for a little while. But uh, we've got two of us, so that's better than one. That's all I can say. That is correct. If you've ever listened in the past to the one-man shows, they are, are, they are rough. Uh, yeah, no, they're not super fun to listen to. Uh, so I want to give a couple of caveats before we get into some football, Tyler. Uh, number one, I've been drinking since noon. Yeah. So uh, not quite sure how this podcast is going to go down. Uh, and number two, we told you guys on the show last week there's going to be a couple of changes. You notice the uh, the new intro for the show. There will be some sound drops here and there. And uh, also, there's going to be a 60-second commercial in the middle of the podcast. Uh, thankfully, it's fantasy football related, so that's a good thing. But um, we are uh, you know, trying to make this a semi-professional environment. So thank you for bearing with us throughout that. We're here to be professional and drink. What up? We are in a position where we can actually do that so uh by the way tyler have you had angry orchard um yes i have actually my wife bought that two weeks ago this is not the 60 second commercial but i got hooked on this whenever uh i went to my sister's house for an auburn game and uh that was the only thing in her fridge and now that's basically all i drink which either means a i like apple beer or b i'm a girl i haven't decided which one yet it could be a mixture of both, but it's not terrible. I'll give you that. It, it's not the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. That came out a lot different than I thought it was going to. Ew. So, all right, moving on. Uh, we actually have a lot of games to get to. Four teams on by this week, Tyler. Uh, we're at FL Fantasy Show on Twitter if you want to ask us your start-sit questions. Uh, you can also email flfantasyshow at gmail.com. Tyler, we're kind of getting to the point in the season, though, that most of these games kind of are what they are. Like, you know who you're starting and who you're not starting out of these games. So this is probably going to be the last week where we don't have some kind of a big feature at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're going to go straight into football. But next week, uh, we're going to talk about some long-term, like guys maybe to pick up for the playoffs. And uh, we're also maybe in the next couple of weeks going to bring up keeper league guys. So if you're in a situation like I am, Tyler, in our league where you have no chance of making the playoffs, uh, we, we can at least give you some reasons to play. Happens to the best of us. I would like to thank LaShawn McCoy and Jay Cutler for that problem. Yeah, you're not doing so well. No, it hasn't been a great year. The only saving grace is that my wife's team is worse than I am. So that helps. First, two, worst. But I'm not going to be the worst. That's the thing. I'm going to be the second worst, but I'm not going to be the worst. And I am at least able to assert my dominance in my marriage. Well, there you go. And you guys can share that last place trophy. Right. That's exactly right. We can put it on our mantle and stare angrily at it for hours on end. Um, let's start with the, uh, with the Thursday night game, Tyler, the Bills and the Dolphins. The Dolphins actually not a bad team. And there are some fantasy things to talk about here. So I want to start out with Fred Jackson, who did get back in the lineup last week, Tyler. Wasn't super involved, though. Only touched the ball seven times. Meanwhile, our favorite name in fantasy, Booby Dixon. Uh, he, he had nine. Bryce Brown had 13. He was also the leading receiver on the team. What's your feeling this week? I mean, look, I, I don't think anybody that's listening to this podcast is going to argue that Fred Jackson is the best running back out of those three. Do, do you think he is more involved this week? There's two ways that I can see this going. One way is Fred Jackson is the guy and it is a fantasy option. The other option would be that all three guys are involved and none of them are fantasy relevant. 
I mean, that's a very big possibility, but I'm going to be leaning more towards that Jackson's going to be the guy. Um, we all know he's 157 years old, or at least that's how he plays sometimes. And when he does get injured, if they're not careful, he can re-aggravate that. So I, I think that last week was just kind of uh, let's tiptoe back into it. Sure. And this week you'll see him uh, get a lot more carries and clearly designate himself as the guy. Um, you know, what that means, eh. I'm not super thrilled about this matchup for him, but I definitely like him better than the other two options. Yeah, it's not a great matchup, and we've been saying this on the show for a couple of weeks. Dude, that Miami defense is really good, especially in the front four. They're solid. Um, Since the bye, they've shut down Brandon Oliver, whatever that means. Uh, But they shut down Matt Forte. They shut down the Lions running game. And Eddie Lacy had one of his worst games in the last six weeks against the Dolphins. So they're, they're a legit team. I kind of tend to agree with you, but Tyler, I will say this. If you're in a deeper league or if you're in a PPR, I do think Bryce Brown remains sort of interesting. I can see Booby Dixon being the odd man out here because he and Jackson very much do the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of both the in-between-the-tackles guy. But Brown, again, leading receiver on the Bills last week, had six catches. Look, we know that Fred Jackson does that really well, too, but Bryce Brown has an explosiveness about him that Jackson does not have. So in standard leagues, I don't think Brown is worth hanging on to, but if you're in a deeper league and you're kind of desperate, I think Brown can still kind of be a three-to-five-point-a-game guy. I don't, think, I, I don't have a problem with that. I like it. Um, the, the the running back situation on the Dolphins just as ugly. Lamar Miller came back from injury last week. And similarly to, to Jackson, wasn't super involved against Detroit. I would expect him to be a lot more involved this week because, I mean, it, as bad as Booby Dixon and Bryce Brown are, Damian Williams and Daniel Thomas are far worse. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it, though, is the fact that this is a Thursday night game, so Miller doesn't have that full week of recovery. And surprisingly enough, Miami has been passing the ball a lot better than I expected. Dude, so you're not leaning lean, lean on him as much as they had in the past. So I know you. I, I know that you were uh, off for a couple of weeks, but I, I think it was two weeks ago I talked about, look, Ryan Tannehill, since they threatened to bench him, has been a... Not a good quarterback, but certainly a much better quarterback than what we're used to seeing. And that suddenly makes the Dolphins' passing game really interesting. Um, before we get to that, though, the other reason I don't, I don't love Lamar Miller in this game, I think he's fine as like a flex, but Buffalo's better against the run than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they've struggled a little bit in the last three weeks, but one of those games was against the Chiefs. A lot of teams struggle against Jamal Charles, so I'm not really putting too much into that. Um, they're, they're a decent run defense. I believe they're like third or fourth against the run. So this could be a tough matchup for him. Um, let's go back to your point, Tyler. So we've said all year, all Mike Wallace does is catch touchdowns. That's correct. Like every week. So he's in your lineup. But a couple of guys that as Tannehill has gotten better have become a little bit more interesting. And I want to kind of get your input on them. So Jarvis Landry is one of those guys. 12 catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown over the last two games. At the beginning of the season, we said, hey, Landry might be an interesting guy, and it just never really materialized. The other guy that's getting more interesting is a guy that you and I have talked about and we loved last year, and that's the tight end, Charles Clay. Correct. Um, Where where are you with with Landry and Clay? Are they anywhere close to your starting lineup at a standard league? Um, With Clay, I... It, it's kind of a toss-up. Um, my biggest thing with him is he's got to find the end zone and stay around that four or five catch range to be even serviceable. Uh, now, now Landry on the other hand is is pretty interesting in my book. Um, oh, my computer wants to die. Don't do this. Super. Well, Maybe I'm out for computer problems. Well, I, here I'll I'll fill in the gap here because I'm actually the exact opposite from you. Clay is far okay. more interesting than Landry. Well, and here's why. And you and I play play fantasy very differently. So this is this is, I guess, just where we are philosophically. 
you like the guy that can get you the home run. Correct. Whereas I like the guy who I know is going to get me something. And for me, that's Clay right now. Here's a stat that I found was really interesting. Charles Clay tied for fifth in the NFL in red zone targets. Wow. The only guys that have more, Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, and Antonio Brown. Yeah, I, I was really surprised actually to see that stat because we had talked about all year how Clay just hadn't seemed to be involved. And maybe a little bit of that was just Ryan Tannehill not being very good at the beginning part of the year. But as he's getting better, Clay's getting more involved. I think Clay for the rest of the year can be, I'm not saying he will be, but I think he can be a top 10 tight end, especially with as bad as that, de- that uh, position has been this year. Yeah, and uh, I can definitely see that happening. My biggest thing with Landry is. It, it seems that he's getting more and more looks and catches each week. So if that can stay consistent with Miami be, having to pass the ball more and not yep. lean on the rush, there's room for Wallace and Landry to both shine, I think. And, and we're going to get there, I hope. Agreed. And by the way, foreshadowing our show in a couple of weeks, I do think Jarvis Landry is a really interesting keeper league guy. Like if you're out of the playoffs in your league and you're, you're trying for guys for next year, I think Landry is going to get more and more valuable. Um, Sammy Watkins last week was a little banged up, still led the team with 10 targets. I'm under the assumption that, that he's fine. There's no reason to be worried about Sammy Watkins. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm trying to look at the four letter networks to see if he's in their top 20. He definitely should be this week. Yeah. Right at 19 in their ranking. So I, I I think he's in your lineup regardless, and we don't need to spend a ton of time on him. Um, a guy that can have three catches and 157 yards on three catches. Yeah. In your lineup. Yeah, he does that a lot. Is there anything else from Bills and the Dolphins you want to bring up, Tyler? Nope. Cool. Let's move on to the Sunday games then because I really want to talk about the Vikings and the Bears and how we have missed bad Jay Cutler. (sighs) I, in the beginning of the season, was feeling really good about my pick of Jay Cutler as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I'm not feeling super awesome about that right now. Yeah, he sort of cutlered himself like he does every year. I'm just surprised that we were surprised. Well, he had been better. He had been better. Here's the question. Here's the question that I want to ask you, though. So, granted, neither one of us have ever played quarterback at any level of football. Pee wee, middle school, like neither one of us have been in those shoes. Just Madden. So he was so bad against Green Bay. Do you think he's able to recover from that game at any point this year, but especially this week against Minnesota? I mean, that was a really painful game if you're Jay Cutler. I think so. Um, and the biggest thing about Jay Cutler is everyone really just expects him to fail at some point in time. Throughout True. The, True. the track uh, record is there. Yeah, and I think that he's getting, he's getting used to having games like that, and he does a pretty good job of bouncing back. I mean, if you look back at week seven, 190 yards, touchdown, interception, a fumble, under 10 points. Um, and the next game, the next game against New England, New England's defense isn't terrible. 227 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, 27 points. He, he bounces back a lot better than he used to in the past. In the past, when he cutlered himself, you know, it could be three, four weeks before he got himself together. You know, I will say so this. I saw some cutler face. Yeah, I, I have a little bit this week. I will say this. The guy that I was drinking uh, with earlier today is a huge Bears fan. <laughs> and he, he made this point. Jake Cutler, and we talked about this on the show last week uh, with Stat Boy Daniel, Jake Cutler always had bad games against Green Bay. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter how bad the Packers defense is, he's always terrible against Green Bay. 
So I feel like that was kind of an expected hurdle for him to jump over. Minnesota is the cure for everything that ills because they're really not good on defense. Correct. So I don't know that I would start Cutler this week. Like, I, I think there's probably better options out there, but I'm not opposed to it if you have to. So I'll put you in, my, in, in our league, Tyler. I don't think I'm playing you this week, so this is an okay question to ask. Jay Cutler or Robert Griffin III, who's playing Tampa Bay? I would go RG3. I would too, and that's, that's actually the decision that I made this week. Like um, let's make it more interesting. How about Jay Cutler or Mark Sanchez, who's playing the Packers? <laughs> oh, it's not April Fool's Day. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would go Jay Cutler just because, in my opinion, he's got more weapons around him. I don't disagree with that, but I think that's closer than what, what we might have initially thought at the beginning of the year. Jay Cutler or Matt Ryan, who's playing at Carolina? hurts my heart so much. I had so much hope. I would go Cutler there just because Ryan has been so wishy-washy. Yeah, I I think I might go Ryan. Like I don't think Cutler has a particularly bad game, but look, there's offensive line issues. There's there's people calling for the coach's head. It could be a bounce back week, but it could also be another real stinker for him. Um, oh yeah, that's what Jay Cutler does. That's why we love Jay Cutler. Uh, as far as the other Bears players, their receivers are fine, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Marshall kind of bounced back. He looked healthy, really, for the first time this year last week against Green Bay. So I think he'll be okay. Mad Forte, really the only bright spot on the Bears offense. He's fine, and the Vikings are a really bad run defense. Yeah. So anything else from the Bears to bring up? No, I think they're good to go. Okay. Cutler just needs to get it together. So so for Minnesota, there's, there's two things that I want to bring up. One, Kyle Rudolph should be back this week. I don't know if that means anything to you, Tyler. It means zero to me. Nope, I'm right there with you. Okay. So the running back roles here are pretty clearly defined for the Vikings. Jarek McKinnon is the guy between the 20s. Like, he's getting the bulk of the carries. But once they get in close, it's Matt Asiata. So for the rest of the year... If you had to pick a Vikings running back to have in your lineup, which one would you rather have? See, and that's super, super hard to do just because... It is. Being the, like, this is the biggest vulture I think I've ever seen in the history of fantasy football. I mean, they, they don't at all. Like, I mean, as soon as they get inside the 10-yard line, McKinnon is off the field. And, it, and it's not, there's no exception to that rule. I would still just go with McKinnon just from the fact that there are games where it doesn't score. And McKinnon is getting a little bit more consistent on those higher-level games. I mean, he's still getting, you know, 15, sometimes close to 20 carries. He's gone over 100 twice. I think there's, he's got a chance to break a long one for a touchdown. So once that gets started, you know, there's that home run opportunity that you said that I like. Uh, agreed. I would go with McKinnon. I, I, I would, too. Look, I mean, you look at the yardage totals for McKinnon, 54 last week against Washington, but Washington's a better run defense than people think. Uh, 83 against Tampa, 103 against Buffalo. He's he's had more big games, and Chicago, as, as we saw last week, is just a mess on defense. Yeah. So I tend to agree. Rest of the year, I think McKinnon is going to be, again, the steadier player, Asiata, you're banking on touchdowns each week. I mean, in weeks where he doesn't score a touchdown, his fantasy output is 5-1-3-2. That's not good. No, there's several times that he doesn't get over 10 carries. No, so. in fact, last week was the first time since week five that he's gotten 10 carries. And he literally got right at 10 carries. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'd rather McKinnon for the rest of the year. Um, do you think against the Bears, D, does, does Teddy Bridgewater get anywhere near a fantasy starting lineup? Uh, I don't think so. 
I think this is the closest that he probably has been, but yeah. I, I still think that even like a standard, like even in a, in a 16 team league, I think you can probably do better. He's, he's like a two quarterback system guy now. Yeah, I mean, he has done a lot better job protecting the ball. I mean, you know, against Detroit, he had three interceptions. Buffalo, he had two interceptions. No interceptions against Tampa Bay and Washington. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed by that. He's got a pretty good but, chemistry going with Greg Jennings, which I think is healthy. Um, and that's helped him out quite a bit, too. So, um, that's pretty much all we've got from this game, unless you want to add something, Tyler. No, that's it. I told you, we're getting to a lot of games that kind of are what they are. Uh, The big news from the Texans at the Browns, uh, Ryan Mallett named the starter because apparently uh, no one fears the beard, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is now done. Um. There's been a lot made of Andre Johnson in Houston and not liking the quarterback situation, but he speaks pretty highly of Mallett. Do you think that Mallett becoming the starter changes your opinion at all of Johnson? Uh, Not really for me, but I'm also one of those people that I was never super high on Johnson to begin with. Um, And the reason is the number two guy biting at his heels, in my opinion, is the number one guy. I think DeAndre Hopkins is now the number one guy. And I I think any fantasy quote-unquote expert uh, is going to agree with that. I mean, if you you look at rankings on any site, Hopkins is ranked higher, and with good reason. Oh, yeah. He's he's a more dangerous player. He's got more opportunity. Andre Johnson has one touchdown this season. Hopkins has four. Andre Johnson, who a couple years ago had like 1,600 yards receiving – on pace for one thousand and one yards. Yeah, that's he's gonna he's gonna finish the season with like five more yards than me. <laughs> Johnson is a flex play. Do you think he's droppable? Because we have gotten this question on Twitter. Uh, it really depends on on what your lineup looks like. I I personally wouldn't drop him just because I agree. Happens to Hopkins, then he goes back up to the number one spot. Uh, and there's still those matchups where he could be a flex, a flex put in for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, like if you're going to drop him for like, uh, I don't know, Odell Beckham, I'm fine with that because Odell Beckham, I think, is a top, you know, 15 or 20 wide receiver the rest of the year. If you're going to drop him for, you know, Brandon Cooks, I don't have necessarily a problem with that. But if you're trying to drop Andre Johnson for like, I don't know, like Andrew Hawkins, which I think is one of the questions we got on Twitter, no way. The upside for Andre Johnson is still there, especially if Ryan Mallett is any good. Correct. Uh, but I wouldn't start him this week. I would start Hopkins and not Johnson. Agree? Yes, sir. Uh, don't want to spend a ton of time on the Brown side of the ball here, Tyler, because I actually did a daily deuce about this on Monday about Brown's running backs and wide receivers. So if you really would like to know what what I think about the Brown situations, you may go in back and listen to the daily deuce on iHeartRadio from Monday, November the 10th, I believe. Uh, what's your take on, on, on the Browns running backs though, Tyler? What, Terrence West had 26 carries against your beloved Bengals. Um, but a lot of those came in the fourth quarter. Ben Tate had 10, Isaiah Crowe had 12. See, and I watched most of that game through tears. Yes, yes, I can imagine. It's another one of those weird split situations. I personally like West more than the rest. Me too. <laughs> I, he's the guy I think you got to roll with. I, it's obvious that they aren't going to throw the ball a ton there because they don't have a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, but out of the all, I think West is more versatile and, and just an all-around better option. Um, I think I ranked them for the rest of the year, West, Tate, and then Crowell. Yep. Um, and by the I way, did you just that. giggle because you rhymed? Yeah, it was an accident. I like <laughs> Dr. Seuss. 
Yeah, yeah. You're like you're like Eminem of fantasy football or something like that. There you go. Um, and wide receivers, I don't honestly think any of them have a lot of upside, especially with Josh Gordon coming back in a couple of weeks. So I'd, I'd honestly stay away from the whole situation. Yep. Um, so anything else on this game? Because it's kind of a crappy game, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. You're starting Arian Foster. Yeah, and I really need Jordan Cameron to come back. Jordan Cameron still Brian Hoyer. Jordan Cameron still has not practiced, which is super weird. I mean, this is this could be the third game in a row he misses because of a concussion. That's not good. No, and this would be a great game for him to come back. Houston's tied for thirtieth in passing yards allowed per game. Yep. Hoyer needs it. I need it. Come on, man. I can't wait. I, I love Brian Hoyer, by the way. And our friend uh, Ricky Smith, I know, loves Brian Hoyer. Um, Very much so. I would love to see J.J. Watt just pancake him one time in this game. Because <laughs> Brian Hoyer, I mean, God bless the guy, is a statue in the pocket. Oh, yeah. Like, J.J. Oh, yeah. Watt is going to destroy him in this game. I kind of think Houston wins this game, by the way. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland's been a big surprise this year. They have. They've been a very good team. No disrespect to the Browns. Um, surprise to see at the top. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. They, their defense is playing much better as of late, as Andy Dalton can attest to. Hey, stop it. Uh, we'll talk more about him later. Uh, Seattle at Kansas City, Tyler. The Chiefs still haven't allowed a rushing touchdown all year. Marshawn Lynch single-handedly destroyed my playoff hopes and scored four against the Giants. So you feel uh, like what something has got to give here. So who do you think wins this matchup? Does Lynch get in the end zone, or do the Chiefs keep him out of it? Um, I think Lynch is going to make his way to the end zone. I mean, I don't think he's going to do it four times. <laughs> no, no, no. Very few defenses are as bad as the New York Giants. Let's be very clear. Yeah, I think you're going to be looking like a situation he had in week three whenever he played against Denver. You know, 26 carries, 88 yards, a touchdown. I would say somewhere in that range. I don't have a problem with that. The Chiefs are not going to go. The, the Chiefs are a nice defense. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to go the entire year without giving up a rushing touchdown. That's not a realistic thing. But if they if they keep Marshawn Lynch out of the end zone, I will be thoroughly impressed. I will say that. Um, Absolutely. Outside of the obvious guys in this game, which are basically your running backs and Russell Wilson, uh, is there anyone else in this game that you even think is worth bringing up? Because the rest of these offenses are kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, I really want Doug Baldwin to be someone that we can talk about, but until Russell Wilson starts throwing the ball more and being more consistent, Dude, I, I don't have anything he, to say. He threw the ball. Now, granted, this is because the Giants could not stop the read option to save their life, which we'll talk about later. He threw the ball 17 times in that game. I, that's like Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah, no, it was really, really bad. It was, but, I mean, Baldwin's a guy that I think that could really benefit if they did have to throw the ball more, but they don't have to. Agreed, agreed. And, and by the way, same for Kansas City. Look, these teams rank 30th and 31st in the NFL in pass attempts per game. So with that kind of number, it's just really hard to trust a wide receiver. Dwayne Bowe is probably the most consistent option. But the Chiefs have still not thrown a, a touchdown to a wide receiver in the entire season, which is bizarre considering this is week 11. Yeah, it is weird. I, I just, I, I don't know what to do with these guys. I think Bo in, in, as, in a deeper league is still a flex. I, I, to your point, I like Doug Baldwin. And that's pretty much it. I don't think there's a ton to talk about in this game, man. No, not at all. Uh, however, that being said, I really want to see how this game goes. Because I think it could be like 10-7. to 7. I could see that. 
Um, and I love games like that. I think they're fascinating. All right, uh, two struggling teams uh, in an NFC South game between the Falcons and the Panthers. I'll be honest, Tyler. You know, at the beginning of the year, I was telling people not to panic on Cam Newton. Yeah, where are you at now? Scale of 1 to 10? Yep, 1 to 10. Give me your panic level on Cam Newton. About an 8. <laughs> I like it. I Something's not right, man. And I, I don't think it's a lack of weapons. I don't know if he's still banged up. I don't know if the offensive scheme just isn't working. Their offensive line is a total disaster, by the way. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just... I can't in good faith start Cam Newton the way he's playing. He's doing really well in garbage time, like I mean, because their defense is so bad. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. But but against the Falcons, I can't guarantee that, that happens because their offense can't do a damn thing. No, this is gonna be a very interesting game to watch. <laughs> I mean, can you can you think of a game that at the beginning of the year had playoff implications? More so than this one. That now has none whatsoever. Like, this is a game that usually you'd be like, oh, that's a Monday night game for sure. And then yes. when that Monday comes, you're like, oh. Yeah, this isn't even a basic cable game at this point. Like, wow. it, these are two teams that are really struggling. So, so you're a Matt Ryan guy. Where's your panic level at on him? Because it's not like he's been super good the last few weeks either. I got him at a six right now. Um, and maybe he's got a ton of weapons around him, and he still seems to be struggling. I mean, I don't know if it's a game management thing. Their defense is terrible. HBO brought in some bad luck. I don't know, but it scares me because I came in thinking playoff contender for sure. There's a chance they're going to the Super Bowl. Sure. Right now they couldn't even make it to the toilet bowl. I, I don't know that Matt Ryan's necessarily had a bad year. He's the 11th ranked fantasy quarterback this year. But I think the problem, and we've talked about this a couple of times with various players, whether it be LaShawn McCoy or whoever, that the problem has really been performance against expectations. Like, mm-hmm. if, if this was Drew Stanton or Derek Carr putting up the numbers that Matt Ryan is putting up, you'd be like, hey, look at how good this guy is. But because it's Matt Ryan and because your expectations were so high. Look, Matt Ryan, since week two, which was the Cincinnati game where the Bengals just destroyed him, um, he's had double-digit fantasy points in every game this year. He's had at least one touchdown in every game. He hasn't necessarily been bad. It's just for what you drafted Matt Ryan to be, you're not getting that. And, and a, lot of that's, a lot of that's just the entire offense struggling. Absolutely. Um, I do think he'll be okay in this game. I actually think he is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week because Carolina's defense is super not good. I sure hope so. Um, I'm not, are you panicking at all about Roddy White? Not, no, I got it at zero. Really because the expectations for him were so low. True. For everybody. I, I think he's just fine. And I knew that he was going to be okay. Um, everybody was going to say, oh, he's, he's getting close to being done, blah, 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 blah. I really think that he's sliding into that empty slot left by Tony Gonzalez, and he's, he's doing a really good job, in my opinion. I mean, he has those games where, you know, 40, 40 yards, not scoring a lot of points, but he's still getting those big games in there. Wait, are you I suggesting like that Levine Toilolo, my preseason tight end sleeper, is not stepping into the Tony Gonzalez role? No, sir, he is not. Even <laughs> with a fun name like Toilolo, just not 
Not cutting the mustard. Another one of my preseason sleepers at tight end is starting to come to fruition. We'll get to that in a minute, but but Levine Toilolo is not that guy. Yeah, my I mean, look, Roddy White's a fine flex play, which is about what you drafted him to be, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. I'm also not panicking at all about Julio Jones. My wife is a little bit because he's not getting in the end zone. He has a ton of yards, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the, the touchdowns are going to come for Julio Jones. Oh, and I'm also not panicking about Kelvin Benjamin. Despite my worries about Cam Newton, that guy catches the most garbage time touchdowns in the league. I don't have a statistic in front of this, but, I mean, constantly. It's king of garbage time. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is, man. So I have Kelvin Benjamin, and, you know, the, the Panthers are getting blown out on Monday night, and I'm like, ah, well, this game's a wash. And I wake up, and he's got, like, 20 fantasy points. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Garbage time. Everything in the fourth quarter, man. I, I love that episode of The League, by the way. The garbage time episode. That was fantastic. Yes, it was. Um, by the way, weird Kelvin Benjamin stat. I think he'd be a really good player if he would just catch the ball in the other three quarters. <laughs> like, yeah, if you think those stats multiplied by four, he's, he's an all-star. Uh, of players with 75 or more targets, he has by far the lowest completion percentage. He's, he's catching about 51% of the passes thrown his way. But in the fourth quarter, he all of a sudden has, like, glue on his hands. It's really bizarre. He drops everything before then. Fourth quarter, he's a really good wide receiver. Give the kid some glue. Yes. Would you play some Steven Jackson this week? I know that's your boy. Um, this week, I actually would. I mean, with, he's getting 16 to 18 touches. He's actually starting to produce with those touches. As long as he can stay healthy. I think they're going to start running him a little bit more. Um, and there could be a chance he finally gets over the century mark on yards. So I, I'm oh, not wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. No, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> he's not He's not rushing for 100 yards. Come on, man. I, maybe not. Well, I mean, there's a chance. I think this game might oh, be. Uh, based off of what? Based off of the, the, he, his highest yardage total on the year was 81, and that was against Tampa Bay. Now, granted, Carolina's not very good. They're not Tampa Bay bad, though. Yeah, I don't know. You I think they're that? Think really? Strong. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you to that, man. I, I do think he gets in the end zone. I think he has another nice fantasy week and is probably a serviceable, like, low-end number two running back. But there, there's no way that Steven Jackson gets 100 yards. That's not happening. I need him to break a 98-yard run to start the game. Yeah, well, you need to be playing fantasy football in 2006, my friend. <laughs> that, hasn't, uh, that hasn't happened in a very long time. Um, you're correct. All right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something very painful for you next. Please don't. I'm taking you to the Bengals. Oh. Maybe the worst offensive performance in the modern era of the NFL last week against Cleveland. As a Bengals fan, I'm asking you this, Tyler. If you're holding on to hope that Andy Dalton is still a viable fantasy option, are you past that hope now? No. Wow. Why? No, you should. You should I, be. I know I should be. Um, I mean, he still shows moments. Moments that say, hey, I'm not terrible. Now, there are other moments where he says, hey, I should be playing for Jacksonville. I'm that bad. But he still has, you know, a great team around him. He still produces from time to time. It's, he, he's having a cutler year. Let's just say it. I, we may have to reinvent that to be a Dalton year. I don't even know that we can define this as a Cutler year, man. If he has another game under under five points, then yeah, I'm all for it. Okay, we'll, we'll redefine. We'll, we'll put new terms in our fantasy football dictionary. Um, ultimately, 
he's not going to be that bad every week. Uh, New Orleans, not a great pass defense, so it should be a better game for him, but there's no way he's in my lineup in any circumstance. A.J. Green, uh, obviously, is going to be fine. We're not going to talk about him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Your boy Giovanni Bernard should be back this week, but my question to you, with as well as Jeremy Hill has run, do you think Giovanni Bernard gets back in a full capacity? I think you're going to be looking at like a 60-40 split. um, And that's based off the way that Hill's been running. And how bad Dalton's been struggling. I personally think Gio probably could have gone last week, but they were wrestling him. He, Gio is their offense right now. Sure. AJ Green and Gio. That's it. So they weren't going to risk putting him out there until he was 100%. The great thing about Hill and the way he was playing is that's just another weapon. So when Gio has to take a break, Hill's able to step in there and you not see too much of a difference between the two. I think Gio's more explosive on the passing and things like that, but it's another weapon that they very, very much need. Would you start Gio Bernard this week, first week back? Uh, if, if I had to, I mean, it depends on like what my situation was. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think, I think that he's one of those guys that if he's in the game, He's got a chance to produce big time. I, I think you're. I, I think you're in a situation though, kind of like what you saw with like Fred Jackson and Lamar Miller coming off of injuries last week. I think Bernard's going to be really limited this week if he plays at all. It's a possibility. I, I I would monitor that situation really closely, like watch the practice reports and stuff over the next couple of days, because I, I think we could be in a circumstance where Bernard like touches the ball eight times. In which case, for fantasy, he's completely useless. Because, again, yeah, to your point, Tyler, Jeremy Hill's played really well. Like, there's no reason to rush Gio Bernard back if he's not 100% because Jeremy Hill is more than fine as an option. Um, for the Saints, you're starting Drew Brees. You're starting um, terrible Mark Ingram. Um, <laughs> you're starting Jimmy Graham. And that's probably it. It is worth noting, Tyler, that Brandon Cooks has now been the leading receiver for the Saints two of the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's very good. And Marcus Colston... I'm starting to get a little worried, man. Like we, we get a lot of Marcus Colston questions on Twitter, and I've kept telling people, hang on to him, hang on to him. This is what he does. He has good weeks and bad weeks. He's had really two good weeks, and that's it. Yeah, see, I, and I don't understand all the love for Colston. I mean, he, you know, there was a time where he was great. There's just, there's always been too many options on that team. Yeah, I mean, the, the ball around too much. In my opinion, Colston wasn't really that big of a threat when he was the guy. But now that he's not even the guy, in my opinion, he's even less appealing. Yeah, I mean, I, I might try him one more week because, unfortunately, Tyler, the Bengals' defense is really bad. Yeah, let me give you a couple reasons why I wouldn't. Okay. He has he has the court since week three. Yes. He's only fact. got over 70 yards twice this year. Fact. And he has six, six games with less than five catches. All facts. All valid points. So I would roll with him as a flex this week. You would not. But if he doesn't do it this week, I'm okay with putting him on the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay at Washington, Tyler. The most notable thing in this game is RG3's second game back. The first game stat line, he was 18-28 against Minnesota, 251. One touchdown, one pick. Had seven carries for 24 yards. So not RG3, but not bad. Yep. So in this game, would you put RG3? We, we already said RG3 against Jay Cutler, so we know where we're at on that. We're at RG3 there. If you had the choice between RG3 and Russell Wilson against Kansas City, who would you go? Ooh, that's, uh, I would go Russell Wilson, I think. I think Wilson just because I think he's going to get more rushing yards because I don't think they trust Griffin's legs all the way yet. Um, RG3 or Colin Kaepernick against the Giants? 
Uh, I would go with Kaepernick just because the Giants are so bad. I, and we're going to get to that game in a second. I actually have a theory about the, how this game is going to go down. That's probably totally wrong, but I'm going to try it anyway. So we're outside the top 10, essentially. So he's, he's in a 12-team league, probably a starter this week, in a 10-team league, maybe not. I think he'll be fine against Tampa Bay, who is uh, one of the worst pass defenses in America. Correct. So are you at all concerned that Pierre Garçon had just five targets in Griffin's first game back? I'm not. Um, they're, they're, those two guys, they, they've got to be on the same page to, and, and really be clicking for Garcon to be a threat. And I think that with his first game back, that was the obvious place that everyone was looking. Um, I think that he'll be just fine and bounce back this week. I can see that because against Tampa Bay's defense is really bad, but I'm not totally convinced that uh, Garcon has not been supplanted as the number one guy by Deshaun Jackson. Hmm. Jackson is a very real part of that offense at this point, and he may have gotten past Garcon. I mean, he's ranked a lot higher this week, and I think that's right. Yeah, I mean, he does have, what, five games over 100 yards this year? That's yeah. a lot more than Garcon can say. It, this will be worth monitoring because, again, Garcon was RG3's guy, so if they get that chemistry back going, then maybe there's something to be said for Garcon still being valuable. But if we keep seeing Deshaun Jackson put up 100-yard games, I think I'm done with Garcon, man. I don't think this is a good enough offense to support two really good fantasy wide receivers. I, I, I can't argue with that. Um, speaking of bad offenses, Josh McCown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers threw it 43 times last week against Atlanta. Mike Evans had nine targets. Vincent Jackson had 13. I think at this point, both guys are fairly startable, and I would not be surprised if by the end of the year, Mike Evans was the better fantasy commodity. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's very good. And he's starting to become more part of the offense. I like what I'm seeing out of him. I think he is a top 15 wide receiver the rest of the year. I can see that. Uh, I told you earlier I had a bad call about Levine Toilolo in Atlanta. I may have had a good call about Austin Safarian Jenkins in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Two touchdowns in the last three weeks. He's starting to get more involved in the offense. He still gives me a reason to have fun saying his name every week. Still not a standard league guy, but in, if you're in deeper leagues, worth watching. And in keeper leagues, I'm telling you, man, Austin Safarian Jenkins within the next two years is going to be a monster. Do you think it's just a learning thing going on? Because he's, he's out there for probably about 85% of the team's snaps. Yeah. And he's only got the two touchdowns in the last three weeks. I think part of it is why, in, the, in, the er, in the early part of the season, they needed him to be more of a blocker than a receiver. I think that's still a little bit true because their offensive line is not super good. Uh, part of it is learning. I think part of it is just it's not a, it's not a very good offense. So... But it's starting to become what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. It's starting to become an NBA team, which is what we thought it might be. True. And I think if there was some more consistency, or once he showed me more consistency in his number of receptions, I think I might join you on the uh, super yeah. fun last name train. I mean, here's the thing. This year, not a lot of value there. But look, I don't think Vincent Jackson is going to be back in Tampa Bay for long, uh, if next year even. I think right now you're talking about a lot of mouths to feed for a team that's not very good on offense. But if you're looking at next year and you have Mike Evans and Austin Safarian Jenkins, I think that's a really good duo, and that could be a, a viable. That could make Safarian Jenkins a really viable asset. I like it. Um, let's talk for just real quick on Bucks running backs and then move on. Still no Doug Martin this week. I'm assuming you're okay with Bobby Rainey in the RB two territory, Tyler. Yep. And uh, any interest in Charles Sims? No, sir. Nope, me neither. Um, <laughs> all right, two more, uh, two more midday games, and then we got to move on. Broncos at the Rams. Hello, C.J. Anderson, Tyler. Yes. 163 total yards, a receiving touchdown, 22 fantasy points against Oakland. So cool your Jets a little bit. But 
Look, C.J. Anderson is a guy that all last year was being talked about in Denver. And all this year is being, being talked about in Denver. Finally, he gets to do it. I'm concerned about this, though, because I don't think that C.J. Anderson becomes the guy. I just think it makes situation the, the running back situation between him, Ronnie Hillman, and Monty Ball really complicated. Um, I, in, in somewhat, yes. Um, Denver is big on riding the hot hand yep. and punishing, punishing the fumbly hand. So I think that if there is any type of split situation, Anderson's going to keep presenting himself at the front of the line because one of those other two guys is going to mess up. Uh, well, I, I think this week C.J. Anderson presents a really nice opportunity. The Rams are not a bad running defense, actually. They, they were actually really pretty decent last week. Um, but Hillman and uh, Ball, both nursing injuries, Ball has been out for a couple of weeks now. So I think Anderson could be an interesting play this week as they kind of get that get the other two guys healthy. But down the road, this situation has a chance to be really, really nerve-wracking. Um, on the Rams' side of the ball, they benched Austin Davis for no apparent reason. Sean Hill is going to be the starter again, which I don't understand. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I saw that as breaking news on the, on the other place this morning, and I was like, huh? Yeah, it's kind of the conversation that me and Statboy Daniel had about the Bucks benching Mike Glennon. Like, okay, St. Louis, you're not any good. You're not going to the playoffs. Why don't you see what you've got in Austin Davis? You know what Sean Hill is, and that's not exciting. Not good at all. So, uh, not a lot to talk about on the Rams side of the ball. I still believe Trey Mason is quote-unquote the guy, but that offense just isn't good enough to make him a solid every week play. He's still in flex territory. Yep. Um, I, we're not going to talk about the Broncos, guys. You're playing all of them, right? Peyton Manning, Demarius yeah. Tom, fine, whatever. Um, They're good. One kind of interesting stat here, the Broncos are really good against fantasy running backs, but they have allowed the third most receiving yards to running backs in the league, 451. Now, a lot of that's because they blow teams out and teams stop running the ball and they start using screens out of the backfield. So Benning Cunningham in deeper leagues, I think, is a little interesting this week. Um, last of the midday games, Tyler, and I want to talk about uh, what... Seattle did to the New York Giants last week. <laughs> so the 49ers at the Giants. Could you think of a worse matchup for the Giants after what Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch just did to them than having to go, go against Colin Kaepernick and Frank Gore? No. Like, that, like virtually, the sa- virtually the same offense, and I kind of get the feeling that they're going to do pretty much the same thing. I'm not saying Frank Gore is going to score four touchdowns, but I think this is going to be a really nice game for both of those guys. I agree. Um, we know that Anquan Bolden is a flex play. Any of the other 49ers receivers anywhere close to interesting for you? Uh, not at all. I mean, you know, we, you know my Bolden love. and I, I unfortunately do. Um, he's, he's really stepping it up towards the middle and late part of the season, which is exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, Bolton has been Bolton has been the guy. Crabtree did get eight targets, saw his third highest yardage total last week. I just... Seeing what I've seen out of him in that offense, I just don't know that you can trust putting him out there every week. I think Bolden's really the one guy. Yeah, there's not any consistency with Crabtree yet. Uh, or, or really for most of his career, to be honest. Uh, Rashad Jennings should be back for this game. That's good news for the Giants because Andre Williams is not very good at football. <laughs> <laughs> Would you put either of those guys out there in standard leagues against San Francisco? I'm assuming that Williams will still get some work. Again, Jennings has been out for a few weeks now. Um, no, I think that that kind of offsets the, any type of value I would have in Jennings. And the fact he's coming off of an injury, I think that this will be a big, you know, hey, first game back, let's make sure that you don't kill yourself and then we'll be totally screwed. I mean, there's... So I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
Well, you know, pretty much going to reiterate what I was going to say. I think Jennings uh, isn't going to be at 100% this game. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think because of the way that the running back has shook out this year, like, I'd rather Rashad Jennings than, like, Joyke Bell. Because like I at least feel that Rashad Jennings is going to get more than eight carries, and I don't think that Bell will. So I, I think if you're kind of down in that territory, it's like a flex play. Rashad Jennings or Monty Ball, for example. I don't know what Ball's going to get. I think I'd rather Jennings. Yeah. So so I, I think more than likely, if you own Rashad Jennings, you're putting him in your lineup, but I think there can be an argument against putting him in because it's a tough matchup and because I think Andre Williams will still get some work. Um, Odell Beckham is clearly the guy. For the Giants, as far as wide receivers is concerned, Ruben Randall, I think, is nothing right now, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Beckham uh, missed the first four games of the year, has already surpassed Ruben Randall's fantasy point total. <laughs> That's not a good thing. No, not, not good for Randall. Really great if you're an Odell Beckham guy. We talked about him earlier in the show. Uh, one thing worth noting from this game, Tyler Patrick Willis, uh, really bad news, out for the season for the 49ers. Uh, Chris Borland is a good run-stopping middle linebacker, the rookie. Not a great guy in coverage, so I, I think if you're in like a daily league like DraftKings, I think Larry Donald can have a really big game this week. Yeah, Donald's one of those guys that you can get cheap that's really going to benefit you, especially this week. I, I think without Patrick Willis and without um, Navarro Bowman in the middle of the field, I think that the 49ers are really going to struggle over the middle, and I think that plays into what Larry Donald does really well. Uh, speaking of DraftKings, Tyler, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. And now, here's a few words from someone paying us to say them. Millionaires are being made all season long with our friends at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. Tyler, what's your favorite part of playing fantasy football? Drafting. I love the draft. I know that I'm doing a million mock drafts every year. Now I can do one every single week. Yeah, that's the great thing with DraftKings is there's no season-long commitment, so you know... Injured player problems, no struggling players. You pick a new lineup every single week, and you can turn that into real actual money. This season, in fact, one listener turned 10 bucks into $5,000. Guess who was not in that person's lineup? Uh, who? Levine Toilolo. Yeah, he probably didn't have uh, Andy Dalton either. No, no, he definitely did not have Andy Dalton in his lineup. Uh, a new millionaire has been crowned nearly every week this season at DraftKings.com. You could be next. Get free entry into their $100,000 fantasy football contest this weekend. Where first place takes home ten grand, just head to DraftKings.com, enter the promo code SPREAKER to play for free. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Tyler, what's the uh, promo code again? SPREAKER. For free entry right now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Uh, all right, Tyler, let's get into the afternoon games here, shall we? Yeah, if we have to. There's only three of them, and one of them's not very exciting to talk about. Uh, I believe that's the Raiders and the Chargers. Oh, the team was zero wins. The, the most interesting thing out of this game is, will the Raiders go 0-16? I think there's a chance. <laughs> Dude, their they're schedule, so they've got at San Diego this week, then at home against Kansas City, at the Rams, at home against San Francisco, at Kansas City, home against Buffalo, home against Denver. Really, only the Rams and Buffalo are even rock, paper, scissors games for me. Yeah, I mean, they're at St. Louis, so that's Which, even tougher. They might go 0-16. I think there's a really good chance that the Raiders go 0-16. Uh, defensively, Tyler, they're allowing 17 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Kind of middle of the pack, but the reason that's middle of the pack is because teams just run all over them, and they can't catch up, so teams stop passing. That being said, are we operating under the assumption that you're starting pretty much every viable Chargers commodity in this game? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Philip Rivers, 
Uh, Ryan Matthews, who I think should be back in in a full-time role because Brandon Oliver hasn't been very good. Uh, Antonio Gates in your lineup. The only question mark, I think, is still Keenan Allen, and I'm not sure what to do here. Yeah. Um, gets a ton of targets. Really hasn't translated the fantasy points. I, I think it might be time to bring back our old favorite hashtag, Tyler. What's that? Blame Antonio Gates. Oh, yeah, I set it up. I, I blame Antonio Gates for everything. It's I, funny, by the way, that like five weeks after we did that show, we still get people putting hashtag blame Antonio Gates when they're asking us questions. It's a pretty big Twitter account. I, I can only imagine that Antonio Gates is, is on Twitter. I don't know if he actually is, but I can only imagine him seeing this hashtag like, what the hell is, what, what are people blaming me for? I'm a nice guy. If we could just get him on our show, that would be fantastic. <laughs> if anybody knows Antonio Gates, which is highly doubtful, but if you do, please get Antonio Gates onto his show so we can publicly chastise him. I don't think really we can blame Antonio Gates that much. For, for Keenan Allen, Keenan. I think we absolutely can. Yeah, yeah. It just I, I, it hurts my heart. I, mean, I had such high hopes for Keenan Allen. I did. Oh, I think everybody did. I mean, we, we sat here on this show at the beginning of the year and said he's a top 10 wide receiver. Guess who feels like a dumbass now? Oh, that's us. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in this game there is a Chargers wide receiver that's going to have an okay game. I just don't know who that is. Maybe, I mean, Malcolm Floyd is still a factor. Or maybe this is one of those weird Eddie Royal games where he scores four touchdowns. Who knows? <laughs> and you're like, oh, Eddie Royal still plays. Right. I I guess if I were to start one, it would be Keenan Allen, but I don't feel awesome about that. Yeah. I mean, he's only got nine red zone targets on the season. Yeah, and Antonio Gates has most of them for the team. So would would you or would you not in a vacuum start Keenan Allen? Uh, I'd probably say no. Okay. Again, depending on situation, but yeah, in a vacuum. I, I still would because I think that he might be the guy to have a nice game, but I don't feel great about that. Uh, not a whole lot to say about the Raiders because they really suck. But can we talk about oh, James Jones? Yeah, wait, what, what's something to talk about? It's exactly what you put down because I was reading back through the stat line after the game. I said, <laughs> can't be right. There's no way that's right. I, I, I don't know whether to be really sad for James Jones or really impressed that he caught eight passes for 20 yards. That is eight feet. A PPR that is eight feet per catch. I mean, as tall as he is, he should be able to fall forward more than that. Yes, yes, it's super weird, man. So, I mean, that being said, look, the, the, the Raiders have had some flashes of brilliance. Uh, okay, let's let's rewind that train. The Raiders have shown some flashes of being not the worst team in the NFL, um, at least offensively. But now you're talking about a mediocre at best offense. And now Vincent Brown is back in the mix. Andre Holmes is still in play. Michael Rivera is suddenly becoming a nice tight end play. There's just an awful lot of mouths to feed. It's kind of like the Saints, except none of them are any good. (laughs) That's not nice, but hilarious. (laughs) I mean, Michael Rivera is probably the only Raiders pass catcher that I would even go near. And I think you can probably do better. Yeah, absolutely. That's tough. Over 16. You guys get shirt. I I think it's possible. All right, do you have anything else from this game? Nope. All right, Lions at the Cardinals. Carson Palmer, yuck. Um, Oh, man. Torn ACL, he's out. He's out for the year. Man, I feel feel bad for Carson Palmer, but I also feel really good that he signed a three-year contract three days before that. So he's getting paid either way. Yeah, good for you. He's fine. Might set the Arizona Cardinals franchise back about five years, but um, good for him. Don't care. Don't care at all. As long as he's getting that paycheck. How do you think, so Drew Stanton is in now, how do you think this affects the Cardinals wide receivers? Um, I think you're going to have to wait 
till next week to find out. Because I agree. This week they're going to get shut down. Yes. And it's not really going to tell you anything other than the Lions have a fantastic pass defense. Yeah, and, and by the way, I would... I would still play Andre Ellington, but I don't think he has a great game either. I mean, he averaged 1.3 yards per carry against the Rams. The Lions are marginally better on defense. <laughs> marginally. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, you know, again, kind of what we talked about with like Keenan Allen or, or, or some of these other players that are kind of marginal flex plays, I think an argument can be made against uh, starting Andre Ellington, but in most cases, he's going to be still be in there. Yeah. Um, uh, Calvin Johnson is really good. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think the Patrick Peterson thing really bothers me all that much. Golden Tate is still pretty good. He's just not going to get in the end zone ever again. <laughs> There's a chance. No, I mean, he has to break a big play. And we, we, we mentioned this, me and Statboy Daniel on the show last week, when Calvin Johnson was in there before the, before the injury, Golden Tate had a ton of catches, zero touchdowns. Because we said this on the show last week, if you're Matthew Stafford and you're inside the 20, you're throwing it to the guy who is literally a machine. So, Megatron's going to catch every touchdown pass thrown to the end zone, even if it was meant for a teammate. Yeah, he's just going to jump over there and just be like, yeah, that's mine. Um, fine. Golden Tate is a PPR monster and is still going to have value in standard leagues, but the touchdowns are going to be really hard to come by for him the rest of the year. Um, Lions running game, anything to talk about here? It's frustrating. Joyke Bell is the only one that's anywhere close to flex territory, and that's a big question mark. Yep. Then let's go to the last, uh, the last of the afternoon games, and then we'll finish up with the Sunday night game, Tyler. Um, let's do it. I don't have much from the Eagles at the Packers because, look, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, you're starting Eddie Lacy, blah, 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 blah. We talk about this a lot. Burning question number one, how long will it take Aaron Rodgers to get to six touchdowns in this game? He just did it right then. Against the Eagles defense, I would say, I think they're a little bit better than the Bears, but I'd say third quarter. Yeah, oh yeah. He's good. The receivers are, are, are quite good as well. Burning question number two, is Mark Sanchez for real? I think so. As weird as that is to say, like, when I, it's like, Mark Sanchez, did someone hit my TiVo rewind button? What's, what's happening? Um, but then I, well, it's not, he didn't do terrible. We said this was a possibility on the show, that either A, Mark Sanchez was really bad and the Jets were right to cut him, or B, the Jets are really bad and Mark Sanchez can do better somewhere else. After what we saw last week, either Mark Sanchez is better than we thought, or Chip Kelly is a genius, or some combination of the both. It could be a combination of both. My biggest thing was, you got to go all the way back to 1996 when he was in high school. Mark Sanchez had a game without an interception. Really? You dug back into his high school stats? No, I was just being a... a oh, you are just being a jackass. Okay, I, I thought you were yeah. being serious. I was like, wow, that's a really impressive Stat Boy Daniel replacement there. <laughs> oh, I can try, but I'll never replace the time zone game. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think I said it last week. I think Mark Sanchez is a top 12 fantasy quarterback the rest of the year. And I think a top 10 guy this week. I think that there are cases to be made... Look, you're not starting him over Rodgers or Breeze or Tom Brady or anybody like that. But I think you can make a case for, like, Sanchez over Matthew Stafford against Arizona, which is not a great matchup. You know, I, I think that's at least a reasonable possibility. We got a Twitter question from Eddie. Look, Jordan Matthews had a monster game last week. Jeremy Macklin did not. So that brings us to... Mediocre Twitter advice. Tyler, question, question from Eddie. I told you there would be some sound effects this week. Question from Eddie. Should I be at all worried about Jeremy Macklin? Uh, no. I agree. What's your I mean, reasoning? 
Uh, I mean, the fact that just because he had one bad game, let's 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 just calm down. The guy is still getting the catches. He's still. I mean, he has three games over 100 yards. Scratch that. He has three games over 150 yards. <laughs> Basically, I mean, look, we've talked about this with backup quarterbacks a lot, Tyler. They were, they're working throughout the year with the second and third team guys, which is a perfect explanation as to why Mark Sanchez looked an awful lot for Jordan Matthews last week. That it will take time to build chemistry, but Jeremy Macklin is too good to not be on your fantasy team. So no, there's no reason to be worried. Yeah, calm down. Eagles running game. Look, LaShawn McCoy has been not super great this year anyway. I watched the Packers-Bears game. Clay Matthews played an awful lot of inside linebacker, which if I'm a LaShawn McCoy owner, gives me reason for pause in this matchup. Yeah. Because Clay Matthews is really good and basically makes every tackle. It's not scaring me enough to not start LaShawn McCoy, but I don't think it's one of his better games, and he hasn't had a lot of good ones this year anyway. So I think you're looking at a, a little bit of a disappointing matchup if the Packers use that strategy again. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add here? Uh, no. Zach Ertz, catch me a touchdown. That's all I need. I'm a little concerned. Let, let's talk about that. Brent Shellett caught five balls last week. Are you a little concerned about that? Or is that another thing of, uh, uh, of that was the guy Sanchez was used to? I think that's what it was. That's the guy Sanchez was used to. It was kind of eh, just a funny thing. I think it'll go back to a little bit of normality this, this week. Four or five catches, not one. I, uh, I don't disagree with that. All right, all right, Sunday night game real quick. And, and I do mean real quick because, look, it's the Patriots at the Colts. So instead of talking about specific guys here, I just want to ask you in general, Tyler, is there any offensive player from either of these teams that you would not feel comfortable starting in your lineup? No, this game is going to be a scoring fiesta. It's going to be super fun. I cannot wait to watch this. It is worth noting the Patriots number three fantasy. Uh, the Patriots are the number three fantasy defense against opposing wide receivers. They haven't exactly faced a receiving core like T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne, though. This is true. I mean, I'm very interested to watch this game. I, I'm really, really excited to see Brady versus Luck. Uh, a couple of things worth noting. The Colts have allowed the most receiving yards in the league to opposing running backs. So I think that bodes well for a nice Shane Vereen game here. Also worth noting, Dwayne Allen, who we talked about was maybe a fluke with all the touchdowns. Not a fluke. Um, has a touchdown, Tyler, in seven of his nine games this year. And the Patriots have allowed a tight end touchdown in each of the last three. Yep. Do we want to talk about the Monday night game at all, Steelers at the Titans? Uh, not really. I mean, there's no, pick that one. Well, and there's not a lot here. I mean, look, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are incredible. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. should be in your lineup because the Titans are not good on defense. And Martavis Bryant is probably in your lineup, too, because he is the real deal. The only thing that I think will be worth noting, and again, going back to our DraftKings Daily League thing, Justin Hunter is a really interesting name. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, Hunter led the team in targets in Zach Mettenberger's first game. I don't think that's a fluke. And again, going back to the backup quarterback thing, Tyler, worked with Hunter all through the offseason. There is definitely something there. And you love Justin Hunter. Oh, absolutely. I think the chemistry is just perfect for that to be beneficial for both of them. If you're playing on DraftKings, by the way, um, I put Justin Hunter in as my number three wide receiver at $3,100. That's almost the cheapest wide receiver you can get. And I think that he could have a nice game. Oh, yeah. That's, and it's worth it, especially in this one. I think that's, that's another game that's going to be a high-scoring battle. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's run defense is pretty good, but their pass defense is just all over the place. Which is surprising. Yeah, as you can tell from them losing to the Jets last week. <laughs> so, there's that. Um, anything else you want to bring up? I, I, I heard you mention Big Ben. Big Ben, playing phenomenal again. 
The only guy I know that can pound a 12-pack and then go throw five touchdowns. That's my kind of quarterback. That, if I was ever an NFL quarterback, that's the guy that I would want to be. You want to go work out? No, I want to drink some beer and go to the strip club and yeah. then play. <laughs> and on that note, I believe that's all that we've got for today, unless you would like to add anything else to the program, Tyler. That's it. I'm, I'm spent for the next. We're tapped out. i got to go drink more. I've lost my butts. At FL Fantasy Show is the Twitter handle. We're also FL Fantasy Show at gmail.com. You can ask us your start sit fantasy questions, really all the way up until kickoff on Sunday. So my name is JJ Ocho Uno. I'm Tiny Tyler. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening as you do every week on iHeartRadio. Have a great week 11. Thanks for listening to the Fat and Lazy Fantasy Show on iHeartRadio. Follow us on Twitter at FL Fantasy Show.